Welcome, market participants, to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. This week, Austin Goolsby, President of the Chicago Fed and a new voting member on the FOMC, gave what I think is his second speech, this one entitled, Monetary Policy in Moments of Financial Uncertainty. Well, they don't call this the dismal science for nothing. Over the past couple of days, I kept hearing about prudence and patience. Prudence and patience. I thought, well, that's odd. Then I read the transcript of his speech. The right monetary approach calls for prudence and patience. Ah, that's where it came from. The idea that at a time of financial stress, policymakers, including those that set rates, need to be prudent and patient. Makes sense. I wonder if he's warning that at a time of financial stress, we need prudence and patience. Sounds like good advice. This week, our three things are, one, CarMax and Albertsons. What do they have to say about consumer sentiment? Two, credit crunch. While we wait for the slews, here's an early look. And three, recession probabilities. Can 100% equal 35%? All right, let's dig a bit deeper. We're always on the lookout for a good read-across. The anecdote that turns up on the tape or in a transcript that reflects a bigger trend happening across the economy. We had a couple of those this week from a couple of early birds out with earnings ahead of the deluge of releases we'll see over the next three weeks. Both reflect on the ability of the U.S. consumer to continue to spend. First up is CarMax, the largest retailer of used cars in the U.S. CarMax is one of those stories that found the right place at the right time in the pandemic. Wounded supply chains emptied dealer lots of new cars, so folks had to buy used. Its stock soared 50% from its pre-pandemic level by the end of 2021, only to give all of that back and then some by the end of 2022. Still, on a forward multiple basis, it trades 50% higher than the S&P 500. CarMax reported a healthy beat for its fourth quarter of fiscal 2023, but its pre-tax income was down 57% year-on-year on a 26% drop in revenues. The company was able to deliver improved gross margins and cost discipline. Now, right off the bat, CEO Bill Nash acknowledged the elephants in the room, the things that were leaning on the used car story, affordability pressured by broad inflation, climbing interest rates, tightening lending standards, and a prolonged low consumer confidence. Interestingly, the company did not call out tightening lending standards in its prior quarterly update, so that's new. And that's something we expect to see impacting businesses that rely on financing. CarMax is affected by the economic and financing environment in another way. Its auto finance unit saw its earnings fall 36% year-on-year due to margin compression and higher loan-loss expectations. Those will be familiar themes we hear from lenders. Over at Albertsons, the company beat its estimate on an adjusted basis, as adjusted net income rose 1% on sales growth of 5%. Gross margin fell a bit more than expected from 28.7% to 27.8%. Doesn't strike me as all that material, so maybe that's more of an equity story. CEO Vivek Sankaran characterized the economic backdrop as uncertain and likely to be more challenging later in the year. He warned of significant labor investments and inflationary cost increases. 
So the read across here from these two names is fairly straightforward. Margin pressure, modest but real financing businesses facing mounting headwinds, and the consumer finding ways to spend less. And while visibility remains fairly opaque, at least for now, we are seeing businesses adjust to the more challenging environment. It's not like they couldn't see this coming. All right, on to our second thing, credit crunch. And we've talked about the impact on the broader economy of what is now euphemistically being called the March events, otherwise known as the high-profile bank failures. From a credit investor standpoint, we watch three things. One, the relative value of an investor demand for bank bonds. Two, the impact on financial stability. And three, the degree of credit crunch that results. The analytical world is now focused on the SLUs, the Fed's senior loan officer opinion survey results, the next round of which is due out around May 1st. Ahead of that, we're seeing other surveys that get to the issue of credit crunch. The first comes from the Dallas Fed's Banking Conditions Survey, which collected data between March 21st and 29th from 71 financial institutions in that district. The survey noted that credit standards and terms continue to tighten sharply, accompanied by marked rises in loan pricing. Banking outlooks continue to deteriorate, with contacts expecting a contraction in loan demand and business activity and an increase in non-performing loans over the next six months. Some contacts cited waning consumer confidence from the recent financial instability as a concern. Next up was the National Federation of Independent Businesses Small Business Optimistic Index, which came out this week and was decidedly downbeat. The 15th consecutive month where the index came in below the long-term average and below the level reached in April of 2020. A not insignificant net 9% of respondents said their last loan was harder to get than in previous attempts. The survey was conducted in March, so all of this presumably is before the March events, but you can confidently say it'll be worse come April. The American Bankers Association Credit Conditions Index came out April 6th, and its latest reading hit the lowest point since the onset of the pandemic. The reading indicates broad-based expectations for weaker credit market conditions over the next six months, and it also indicates that banks are likely to grow more cautious about extending credit recognizing that recent strong credit quality will be challenged by heightened uncertainty and broader economic headwinds this year. So we really don't have to wait for the May slews. In the wake of the March events, banks are simply not rewarded to go out and aggressively lend. Policymakers would like to believe that that could be the case, but we know better. Credit is going to be drained from the economy, and that's not good for credit markets. All right, on to our third thing recession probabilities. They seem to be climbing. This week, we learned from the minutes of the March meeting of the FOMC that, taking into account the potential economic effects of the recent banking sector developments, staff economists forecast a mild recession in the U.S. would start later this year with a recovery over the subsequent two years. Bloomberg Economics updated its recession forecast, putting the probability at 97% as soon as July and 100% over the 12-month horizon. The conference board came out with its latest view, pegging the likelihood of recession at a mere 99%. And there's Goldman Sachs, which has reiterated its view in a different world altogether, at 35%. 
Bloomberg Economics sees a downturn starting as soon as July, two months earlier than it previously forecast, and took its probability up from 76% to 97%. Banking turmoil, oil prices spiking, and the bite of monetary policy make it hard to avoid a recession this year. The group also cites what it calls material deterioration in corporate profit margins as a factor. The conference board expects economic weakness will intensify and spread more widely throughout the U.S. economy over the coming months, with recession beginning in early 2023, lasting through the third quarter driven largely by the Fed's rate hikes. The board believes that while the worst of the banking crisis appears to be over, it expects credit conditions to remain tight and sentiment among consumers and businesses to suffer due to the shock. Goldman notes that the risk of a banking crisis has declined sharply, and the firm points to improvement in the labor market that has been particularly encouraging. There, higher labor force participation and strong immigration is lowering the jobs-to-workers gap, which is reducing wage growth. This, and the expectation that economic data is now softening, will likely cause inflation expectations to remain well-anchored as the Fed dials back its tightening tendency. So it's possible to save the day just short of recession. Now, interestingly, these views are not all that different. The effects of the Fed's tightening are real. The banking crisis adds a bit more crunch to the credit environment, but no one is forecasting anything more than a mild contraction. We still believe things, earnings growth, the jobs market, consumer spending, CapEx, won't feel great increasingly over the next six months, but the risks remain well understood and the starting point for consumers and businesses coming into this has been, for the most part, a position of strength. This too shall pass. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, CarMax and Albertsons. The consumer is growing more cautious. Two, credit crunch. It's happening and it matters. And three, Recession probabilities. Why get caught up in a label? We're contracting, but that strong starting point and the well-understood cause will keep it mild. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest research and ratings reports. See you next week. Hello, listeners. Join me, Van Hesser, KBRA's Chief Strategist for in-depth conversations with credit experts in my new monthly podcast, Leading Voices in Credit, where I'll interview market professionals on the latest trends in credit markets. That's Leading Voices in Credit with Van Hesser. Subscribe now.